listening to the Full 10 Yards Podcast with your host, Timothy Lambert-Monk. Yes, we welcome you in to another episode of the Full 10 Yards Podcast. It's Thursday, the 20th of December. Christmas is just around the corner. Um, I am very much looking forward to it. And I know another person that is as well. It's Lee Wakefield who joins us. And we're going to be recapping. Uh, no, I'm going to be recapping. We're going to be previewing. Could you imagine if you could recap before it even happened? Um, <laughs> yeah, I'd be putting a, a, put a, I'd be putting a 16-fold on at the local bookies. Yeah, definitely. More than that, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so we're going to be previewing the Week 16 games, the final game of the fantasy football season foremost, because if you're playing in Week 17, you shouldn't be playing at at all, really. Um, so, Lee, I know not really a lot has gone on since uh, la- 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 we spoke, spoke a couple of days ago, but quite a lot has actually happened in the NFL. Yeah, yeah, it has, yeah. I'm sure we'll get into the news in a moment. Yeah, but yeah, quite a lot, especially um, like I was just saying to you, who came on obviously big big news in the last few hours as well mm. yeah so let's go let's go through some of those uh, before we get into the week 16 so cam newton uh, seems to be done for the season uh, he does look every part of uh, on getting ready to go on the operating table for that shoulder uh, but aaron Rodgers uh, also he wants to play the last couple of weeks not quite sure why he would um yeah you have to ask him that and kirion johnson the running back for the detroit lions is on ir as well but the big news over the last couple of hours like you say lee is uh, josh gordon yeah yeah and obviously um it was a little, little split opinion um for different reasons but yeah he's been indefinitely suspended by the league uh, and just before that, he was announced that he was leaving the Patriots as well, and then also in lieu of the impending suspension. Mm. Obviously, it's going to split people, saying sort of saying that um, he's had you know a million and one chances, and therefore doesn't deserve a chance. It's going to on the other side of that argument, it's going to be the people who are sort of um, looking out for his mental health and sort of coming in from that angle. Yeah. And that's the angle that I stand at, to be honest with you, mm. as things that are more important than football, and it's just better for him. Just take himself away, and at least he's put his hand up and sort of said that you know I need help, kind of thing. Yeah. And um, you know, take himself away and get himself better. Um, I don't think we'll see him again in the league no. now. Um, but you know, as long as he doesn't uh, do anything really silly, um, you know, it's, it's good for him, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And where, where does this leave New England? Because now they they they've got no one really there to stretch the field. Um, you know, playoffs is just around the corner, I, I, and I, you know, I'm I'm fully in the camp of uh, you know, hope he's okay. Mental health is way more important than, than football, but leaves leaves the Patriots in a bit of a uh, bit of a mess. It does, yeah, yeah, exactly. You you hit it on the head. It it sort of um, takes away their field stretcher. They don't have that sort of player in there on their roster at the moment. Mm. Without him, maybe Cordell Patterson, um, at push, but he's sort of more of a gadget player nowadays. Um, been used a bit in the backfield as well as running back. So yeah, it does the hamstrings them as well. And as we've been talking about in the last couple of episodes about Gronkowski, um, looking like he's struggling with just basic movements at times. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and they're, they're now looking quite thin on the ground there. And obviously we've been sort of saying generally, and obviously we've had Kieran's article that came out and his series that he's doing sort of pointing towards sort of like the end of the empire a little bit. And it kind of looks like it's coming to fruition bit by bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I for one, I'm, I'd be very surprised. I, I can see Tom Brady and uh, certainly Gronk. I don't think Gronk's coming back next year, but even Tom Brady could just say, do you know what? We, we're nowhere near. This this 
this franchise isn't going to get near next year. So you know, what's what's the point of me playing? You know, because he's he's a guy that's played at an elite level for what twenty years, the best part of. Um, I, I just think he might he'll go away for a little bit. I don't think he'll he'll announce it straight away. I think he'll go away, come back, see see what's at the combine that, and it's just going to be sit down with maybe Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft and say, do you know what? I you need to give me assurances that this this team's equipped to go to the Super Bowl next year. Because if it isn't, is there is there any point in me being here? Yeah, um, possibly. Uh, I don't think he'll hang hang it up next year. I think maybe, uh, sorry, after this year. I think next year could be his last year because if he sort of has this conversation and then they give him those assurances, perhaps, or if he just goes for one more year. He he always said he'd play until he sucked, wouldn't he? And if yeah. they suck and he sucks next season, then, then it might be time. Uh, I think you're right, by the way, just to go back to a little point you just made about Gronkowski, I don't think he'll be back. Uh, he's obviously had sort of murmurings for the last year or so. Um, about his retirement and yeah I think he'll be sort of looking at his body now and um, like I made the joke didn't I, that he's half bionic yeah. and it's not far off to be honest no. um, and you think he might sort of call it a day and cash it in for his, uh, his own health benefits really yeah Absolutely. And the good news for Tom Brady is that he's been selected to the Pro Bowl for this year. Uh, the Pro Bowl squads are out. The uh, big the big mission, I suppose, is Darius Leonard, the linebacker there for the Indianapolis Colts, who has come out and said that he's going to aim for 40 tackles, uh, which is which is bad news for the New York Giants. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, it is, it is a big snub that Darius Leonard's got. So there's a couple yeah. uh, on the offensive side of the ball as well. So you've got Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey, Andrew Luck, who can both feel pretty aggrieved. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, I've seen quite a lot of people sort of say, why aren't these people in here and things like that? And yeah, they've had great seasons, but at the end of the day, it's a popularity contest. It's oh, not yeah. about who performs on the field. No. It's about people wanting to see the entertaining characters and the people they know. Mm. It's about the build-up. I don't watch the Pro Bowl, to be honest with you. It's no. fine football for me. Yeah. Um, but I do like quite a lot of the stuff in the, in the week building up to it. Yeah. Uh, and that's where you want to see like, the big characters come out and you know, they want to have all the fun. Um, and that's why people vote them in. To, to have that aspect of it, I think, more than the actual game. Yeah, yeah, no, I, t I, t I certainly agree. I mean, see, I think CJ Mosley was picked ahead of him, wasn't he? And I think uh, someone had their stats up on Twitter for you know, comparing their, their seasons. It's just black and white. And obviously, CJ Mosley has more fans than Darius Leonard does. So there we go. Yeah, exactly. It's difficult for rookies to get in. Um, obviously, if Leonard has sort of similar seasons moving forward next year, he'd be shooting. Yeah. Um, it, but it's, it's it's not worth getting like too upset about. For me, it's a popularity contest at the end yeah, of the day. Yeah. And people have sort of said, take it away from the fans, give it to the players, and it's still be a popularity contest. So yeah. it's not going to change. And yeah, just relax, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, essentially, a Pro Bowl on, on the honours is just padding the stats version, isn't it? It's like when, uh, yeah. you know, it's winning the, the the community shield in in soccer, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And that's you know that's why we've got Brady there. That's why we've got Rogers there. Yeah. Not great seasons, but obviously they've been there for the past however many years. So yeah. Yeah. they almost get like an automatic pass because we've got so many fans around the league and yeah. uh, you know in everywhere really, all over the world. Okay, before, just before we get into Week 16 games, then just to let you know, you can get us on Twitter at Full10Yards. And tonight is the last night where you can get your entries in for the intros. Not too many, but um, yeah, are a couple there. So if you want a chance to win the NFL jumper, a Christmas jumper at that, uh, go ahead and check our pinned tweet for more information on that. Uh, January's competition is going to be a playoff bracket competition where I've, I've set up the Excel spreadsheet. Basically, you send us in your predictions of who's going to get to the Super Bowl, who's going to win the whole thing and you'll get points for correct predictions. More on that in the coming days, probably next week, uh, just just so we know who the seeds are. 
But two teams uh, who are vying for wildcard uh, aspirations uh, play on Saturday night. So two games on Saturday, again, both games should be crackers, although maybe one better than the other. But the first game, Washington at Tennessee. Like I say, both teams are on the outside looking in in terms of wildcard playoff hopes. Uh, Tennessee uh, at home. Uh, home, their home form is, is is much better than their away form. They're five and one at home, uh, which is included wins versus Philadelphia, Houston, uh, and New England. And of course, the main talking point with Tennessee recent last couple of weeks has, of course, been Derek Henry, who has you know, he should put the final nail in the coffin there for the Washington Redskins, and he's somewhat skewed the uh, Tennessee the Tennessee rushing ranks uh, as they're now ranking fifth uh, in in rushing yards. Uh, no, sorry, no, not rushing yards, but just uh, ranking on the rushing offense. Uh, he's nearly got a thousand yards on the season, which is just absolutely ludicrous, considering you know how how productive and efficient he's been throughout the season. And Derek Henry is obviously now fourth in rushing TDs uh, on the season with eleven. Tennessee, though, not really a generally high-scoring team, but they probably don't need to be in this one with Josh Johnson on the other side there, with Washington travelling uh, to Tennessee as well. But I can't, I can't, really can't see anything other than a Tennessee win. No, same. Uh, definitely can't see this going anyway. Um, Washington are just dead men walking almost in terms of their injuries. Um, and just to go back to Derek Henry, um, stats kind of thing. It's kind of stats are great, but this is where context is really important. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there are people who look, look at that, um, and I sort of alluded to this in the last episode, um, talking about you know the Derek Henry hype train and things like that. And that's this is where you've got to sort of have a long memory. You know, when you're picking your fantasy, yeah. when you're in your fantasy drafts next year, Derek Henry's got almost a thousand yards or goes over a thousand yards, maybe. Mm. I remember that in context. Yeah. <laughs> don't oh, don't yeah. get too excited by the numbers, at, yeah. you know, and just do a bit of research and try and, like I say, have a bit of a longer memory. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of people out there that just look look on last season as a whole and then kind of plump from and you know it's it's, all, it's about preparation, isn't it, for for drafts? But yeah, Tennessee ten point favourites in this one over under there is uh, thirty seven. So not a lot of points there for fantasy. Uh, yeah, for not a lot of points there for fantasy or uh, for for real life either. But uh, look at this one should be a cracker lead. Baltimore at the Chargers. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's definitely the better one um, of the Saturday night games. Um, sorry to Redskins and Titans fans, but it's um, they, they running that Chargers could be involved um, in the game of the weekend. It's got huge playoff implications for both teams, hence why this was flexed to Saturday Night Football. Yeah. Um, Baltimore need to win to keep uh, Pittsburgh under pressure in that race for the North, and similarly the Chargers need to win to put all the pressure onto Kansas City and give them something to dwell on for a day or so um, before their Monday night game in Seattle. Uh, the main battle, I think, will be Lamar Jackson and the Ravens' running game um, with their plethora of running backs against the Chargers' D. The Chargers have been quite good against the run. I think they've only allowed 200-yard rushes. Uh, some guys called Saquon Barkley and Todd Gurley. don't know if you've heard of them. But they're the only guys that have rushed for um, 100 yards on the Chargers this year. Um, yeah, the key for the Chargers could be scoring quickly and early uh, to force Baltimore to throw the ball a bit more. And mm. um, I've got... I've got quite a bit of confidence in charge to take this one. Um, we've been quite good at scoring quite quickly. Um, if not, though, and if Baltimore do take this, I think this could be redone in a couple of weeks in Maryland on wildcard weekend. Mm. Yeah, I mean it's interesting, interesting game this one. So Baltimore aren't a team that are built to to come from a, you know, a 14, 17 nil deficit. So it'd be interesting to see Baltimore do need to keep the the scoreboard ticking over. But Baltimore can actually be eliminated, eliminated, I think, from from this uh, from the playoffs after if they if they lose uh, against the Chargers and if Tennessee and Indianapolis win because then they'd they'd, uh, they'd join them, I think. And then Tennessee and Indianapolis obviously play Week Seventeen, don't they? 
Yeah, yeah, no, so it's, it's, it's that end of the season now, isn't it, with all the teams playing each other a lot of the time? Yeah. Um, where you can jump up the rankings quite quickly or you can drop down them. Yeah, but it's just strange, obviously, there's one, one win back from, I, th- I think, obviously, Pittsburgh would have to win as well. I can't remember who's got the head-to-head, Baltimore uh, or or Pittsburgh. I think it's Baltimore, actually. But, uh, I think it is, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, but it's just a bit strange, obviously, they're the sixth seed, uh, and then just one loss coupled with the win for either Tennessee or Indianapolis, and then they could be out altogether, rather than being just one game back. Obviously, it's because Tennessee and Indianapolis play against each other, uh, but it's, mm. considering Tennessee have got Washington at home and Indianapolis have got New York Giants, which we'll come to a bit later, uh, it seems to, that those two are going to be gimmies. So Baltimore, um, surprisingly, is the sixth seed, have the most pressure. Yeah. No, it is, yeah. I can't really add anything you said there. You spot on. Yeah. Okay, let's move on then. Let's move on to the Sunday slate of games. Cincinnati, uh, also, I didn't go through the over-under there. So Chargers are four-point favourites, and the over-under there is 43 and a half, uh, which is slightly low, but it could be a, could be a defensive battle. But, um, yeah. Be- both both teams have been pretty good this year. Baltimore probably up there with the you know the top two or three, I would say. Mm. Chargers not too far behind. Um, problem is to you know, if you start that running game, it, it'll grind to a halt because yeah. I don't think you know they're playing with half a quarterback aren't they, the Ravens at the moment. I would say. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, but it should be a cracker. We look look forward to to, to watching that one. Uh, I'm not going to be really watching too much of this AF saying in the AFC North. Cincinnati at Cleveland. It's obviously the Hugh Jackson Bowl Part Two. Um, <laughs> Cleveland Browns eight and a half point favourites in this one, and over under is forty four and a half. Lee. Yeah, huge um, huge uh, favouritism toward, shown towards Cleveland. There mm. must be you know one of the most most, most favourited. I can't think of the right words to say. Favourite. the biggest. Biggest line, biggest. Uh, <laughs> help me out. What, what, how do I explain it? Hev- more um, heavily favoured. Yes, more heavily, most heavily favoured games. Thanks. Sorry, I, I, I got you, buddy. Just yeah. catch this boo I'm about to throw you. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, the most favourite games that they've had for quite a while, I would say. Yeah. Uh, it's just quite a lot for where Cincinnati are uh, at the moment. But yeah, the second battle of Ohio, or with Hugh Jackson Ball, as you say. And the Browns took this one a few weeks back. I feel like the same story, actually, on Sunday. The Brown, the, sorry, the Bengals just aren't healthy, uh, especially on offense. No Dalton, Green, Boyd, no Tyler Eifert, who they've been without for a while, and that's just an offense. And they're missing a lot of defenders as well. Mm. Uh, so that injury list, coupled with Baker Mayfield coming out and saying that he wants to win these two games, finish the year on a high, and only one in the locker room who isn't on the same wavelength can get out. Mm. Uh, that's just him all over, isn't it? I think both of those things coupled together means I think the Rams are going to win pretty comfortably. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the year 2018 and the Cleveland Browns are eight, eight and a half point favourites. So, yeah, I think that's got to be uh, one of the biggest biggest handicaps for them in, in God knows how long, probably since I've ever been alive. No, I'm, jo- I'm, I'm joking, of course. Um, but, yeah, I think Denzel Ward is back this week as well. I think he missed last week, didn't he? Yeah, not that he's going to have to guard much. I think they've no. <laughs> got Alex Erickson and John Ross, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> That'll be about yeah. it, I think. Yeah, Tyler Boyd obviously gone down as well. So no, not really much there in the way of uh, hope for Cincinnati in that one. Let's move over to Tampa Bay at Dallas. Uh, Tampa Bay lost six straight on the road uh, in this one. Tampa Bay, I think, uh, seven point seven point underdogs in this one, which I thought was quite low, actually. Over under here is 48. Dallas obviously need to bounce back from their humbling defeat last week away at Indianapolis. Uh, like I say, yeah, Tampa Bay lost six, six straight on the road. Um, so, obviously, a home, more of a home team than they are away. Deshaun Jackson, the former Philadelphia Eagle and Washington Redskin, should return in this one. He's been out the last couple of weeks with a thumb injury. He loves playing against NFC East opposition. Mm-hmm. But it's also, the reason I bring him up, he's obviously a free agent next year, so 
he's obviously looking to show prospective teams that he's still worthy uh, of a roster spot and, and a contract. And just for fantasy, if he does return, Adam Humphreys and Chris Godwin should have a, a downward trajectory, I suppose, because Djax is normally the number two behind Mike Evans, who's had a stellar season this season. He's kind of gone under the radar a little bit for me. Uh, 74, yeah. 74 receptions, 1,328 yards and five touchdowns, um, which is you know not a bad return for someone that's been having the carousel of Ryan Fitzpatrick and, and Jameis Winston. Now, I know they're gunslingers, so he's going to have those big games, but he's you know considering those figures, he's had quite a, 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 a quiet season. Yeah, um, obviously... Those uh, days of Ryan Fitzmagic seem the long, long way now, mm. um, don't they? And obviously, they've not had a great season either, so they've not been getting the media attention, they've not been getting primetime games, they've not been in the media spotlight at all, I would say. I'm, I would struggle to think of really when they were actually heavily covered throughout the whole season, yeah. going back to you know over the last 12 months, really. Mm. So, yeah, he's really flown under the radar, but obviously, top level talent, and uh, yeah, we're getting the numbers to back that up. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but like I say, Tampa Bay bleeds some points on the road, so should be should be an easy win for the Cowboys, uh, where it's a winning-in situation for the fourth seed. Uh, Zeke Elliott should have a good game. Tampa Bay's defence isn't the greatest, although I've mentioned on the podcast over the last couple of weeks that they've been a bit fiery. Uh, they seem to have a bit of fire under their bellies now and again, but uh, yeah, Tampa Bay away from home. Uh, usually should be a comfortable bounce-back spot for the Cowboys. Uh, moving over to the NFC North, Minnesota at Detroit, Lee. Minnesota, six-point favourites in Ford Field, uh, 42.5 points. Like I said, at the top of the show, Kieran Johnson uh, won't be seen again this season. Yeah, um, I think Minnesota being six-point favourite is about right. I would maybe uh, expect them to maybe cover that and go over that. It was yeah. a pretty comfortable win in this one. Yeah. Um, although I don't think the 42-point margin for the underdog will be troubled because I don't think this is going to be... I think it's going to be quite one side. I don't think Detroit are going to be putting much up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't think Minnesota will get up to that 42 mark. Um, so yeah, Detroit have just given up. I, I feel like I've given up on them. I feel like they've given up on themselves. Um, and maybe for their fans, I don't know, um, if they feel that the same and just sort of just seen out these last couple of weeks until they can walk forward to the draft. Minnesota, on the other hand, they're, after seemingly throwing away their playoff hopes, um, they felt like they were down and out maybe. And um, you know, after that win in Miami, Big win, actually, as well. Uh, maybe that sort of revitalised them a little bit. I feel like they showed a bit of life in that game. And like I said, I think they should knock off Detroit pretty easily and secure um, their, six, their six seeding. Um, I think Dalvin Cook's going to play quite a big uh, role in this game again. Yeah. Um, just like last week, I think they need to become a bit more balanced on offence. They were throwing it quite a lot. And I think they do, or they did, throw it the most percentage-wise, um, as opposed to you know being balanced in the whole league. And Dalvin Cook just getting involved is going to be the way forward for them, I think. Yeah, no, I certainly agree. I mean, he looked good last week, didn't he, Dalvin Cook? Um, but Detroit, Detroit obviously uh, d- traded for for uh, Snacks Harrison uh, a couple of weeks ago, and their their run defense has been pretty decent. I know they played the Buffalo Bills uh, last week, but uh, it might it might come down to I, I don't know. I quite I quite fancy the the Minnesota wide receivers in this one. I think Dalvin Cook should still have a decent game because, like you say, Detroit aren't really playing for anything anymore this season, uh, and they're a bit of a funny team. I know they're at home. Uh, they beat the Patriots at home. They've, they've had some good performances this season, but I don't think they're going to get one here. I know it's a com- it's a divisional game, so a bit of pride is is at line is on the line just as well as the W. Uh, but yeah, I certainly expect Minnesota to take the win quite easily in this one. Uh, another team. Yeah. Go on. Anything else? I was just saying, uh, just agreeing with you, and I'm just going to go on to say, I think um, with you mentioning snaps, I think Dalvin's a bit more of an outside runner, so I think he'd be running away from snaps, and I don't back snaps to chase him down mm. from behind. Mm. 
Yeah, no, that's a good shout. That's a very good shout indeed. Uh, another team that I think shouldn't have any issues come Sunday is the Indianapolis Colts. They are at home to the New York Giants. The Colts are, if I can find it, where's the Colts gone? They are nine-point favourites, and 47 is the over-under. And this one really centres around, well, I didn't really centre around, but Odell Beckham Jr. said uh, he's day-to-day on his quad injury uh, and will suit up, apparently, if his, his body cooperates. Uh, apparently, according to ESPN report, he's not practiced since uh, Wednesday, December twelfth. He's not played again, uh, played a game since the week thirteen uh, against the Bears. He was uh, doing some bit, a bit of training today uh, on the sideline with a trainer. So who knows whether or not? But um, with the Giants having nothing to play for, I know these superstars want to go out and, and show what they're worth uh, and all the rest of it. But um, I don't, I don't think he'll play. But it remains to be seen. Uh, one person who will play, Eli Manning, who's also seems certain to return in twenty nine. 2019 somehow I'm not quite sure how that's played out as it as it is um, and it, take, it reminds me actually do you remember obviously last year he got taken out uh, for was it Geno Smith wasn't it uh, I think he, he's, he's he's now at the Chargers isn't he Yes, yeah, back from the Rivers, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Obviously, the uh, the streak, the start streak, has ended, and just a bit annoying, really. That I know I'm not I'm not an Eli, Eli fan by any stretch of the imagination, but it'd, it'd be nice to see his streak continue and see. I know he's not played well this season, but um, yeah, there is that uh, on the Colts side of the ball. There, obviously, this is the team we want to be talking about uh, in this game. The Colts can take the sixth seed with a win uh, and a Baltimore loss, and obviously, they'll know that by the time the game comes around, because Baltimore play on Saturday against the Chargers, which we've just talked about. Uh, but whatever happens in those two games, it sets up uh, quite nicely the Indianapolis-Tennessee game uh, in Week 17. And the, the key to this one, uh, Ryan Kelly, the, the centre for the for Indianapolis Colts, said to, I said it on Tuesday's Tuesday podcast to go and ha- go back and have a look at what he means to that offensive line. He he and him and obviously Quentin Nelson getting out to the second level and neutralizing those linebackers. I mean, if they can do that against Dallas, uh, I don't really hold up much hope there for the New York Giants. Lee. No, yeah, you're exactly right. I think that's what we pinpointed, didn't we? Last uh, Tuesday, um, sort of like the heart and soul of this offense at the moment. Yeah. I know Andrew looks there, but obviously it's it's those guys up front that are paving the way and keeping him upright as well. So I think. It all revolves around them, to be honest with you. And it's just what Andrew Luck needed. Yeah. Obviously, after a lot of injury troubles and uh, taking too many hits and going down on the shoulders a little bit too much, mm. it's obviously uh, you know bruised him and uh, buffeted him quite a lot over his career. Mm. It must be nice to sort of change of pace for him to sort of be able to stand up right and have a bit of time to actually make his throws. He's probably not experienced that for quite a long time in the NFL. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but as I say, straight should be a straightforward one for for Andrew Luck, T.Y. Hilton, and all and Eric Ebron. If any of those are in your fantasy teams uh, for Sunday in your championship games, um, what probably players that probably won't be in your teams is the Jacksonville Jaguars or Miami Dolphin players. Now, if I'd have said to you going into the season that Miami would be the uh, the team most likely going into playoffs. Uh, player wild cards going into week 16 you would check me into a mental facility but uh, that's how the season's played out but in Jacksonville travelling to Miami um, not a game that many are going to watch really um, and for good reason Lee No definitely um, maybe, maybe fans around Florida sort of see <laughs> Yeah the South oh, South East Coast You know yeah to be sort of crowned um, you know the king of Florida maybe but uh, yeah no not a lot of action going on this one I actually had Jacksonville down as being my preseason number one seed as well. So, uh, shows how long it's gone for them <laughs> uh, in this season. But yeah, Miami, like you say, have they blown their chance with that loss um, last week? Probably after all we've said about you know the Colts, the Titans, yeah. and the as well. Um, but the Jags have given up, I would say. Um, but they're still pretty talented on paper. Obviously, they aren't a team I'd like to play if I needed to win. If I was in Miami shoes, 
I think Miami will take this. I'm not going to hang around on this game too long. Um, I think they'll take it because they've kind of got something added on it. I think the, J- the Jags have given up and the Miami don't have Cody Kessler as quarterback either. No, no. And if you're in Miami shoes, you'd probably be in flip flops, and that's all, that's an awful that's an awful joke. So let, we'll move on to some other AFC East teams. New England host the Buffalo Bills. Um, Chris Hogan revenge game had to get it in there. Uh, yeah. Yes, Chris Hogan. Um, well, he's he's done well for himself since leaving Buffalo, but then most Buffalo wide receivers do. Should be a run heavy script in this one for for New England. So if you've got Sony Michelle or James White or even Rex Burkhead, you should be okay with with those if you're if you're struggling. Sony Michelle should obviously get the uh, the bulk of the carries. Game script is more of in his favour because uh, let's face it, Buffalo shouldn't be travelling New England too much. But the Josh Gordon news we said at the top of the show uh, and the trials and tribulations of the New England. Uh, offense and even defense over the last couple of weeks has, has been there for for all to see. So it might not be uh, a straightforward one that we that we might think. But New England are still thirteen and a half point favorites in this one. Over under is forty four and a half. Uh, you know, Buffalo gave uh, New England a good game on Monday Night Football in the reverse fixture. But New England at home, Foxborough, now the number three th- seed, of course, need to get the get need to get those two wins to to finish the season to have any hope of getting that first round by, which is obviously judging by previous previous years that they need it to be able to get to the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And they're in, like you say, they're sort of in playoff mode already. Obviously, they're, they're going to be in, but will they be playing for the bye? They've obviously, like whatever, they've not done very well. If they've not had the bye in previous years, so um, yeah, don't don't hold out much hope for Buffalo in this one. Yeah, uh, yeah it might be quite interesting by you know Josh Allen running around and maybe making a few plays. But New England at home, like you say, favored by thirteen, can't see one um, one result in this one. Yeah, and let's compete the quadruple of AFC East teams. The New York Jets host the Green Bay Packers. Uh, kind of hints that Deshaun Kaiser could be playing in this one, but like I said at the top of the show, Aaron Rodgers actually wants to play, but I assume it will come down to his decision. Uh, I assume he would play as well, but the uh, the over-underline here, 47, and the Packers only three-point favourites. Yeah, well, this is a point I was going to raise, actually, that um, it feels quite strange, obviously, to go into a Week 16 game and this be a completely dead game involving yeah. Green Bay. Mm. Sounds quite odd. Um, but actually, these teams are actually like a lot closer than you would imagine yeah. um, in terms of how they've done this season. And so I'm not actually that surprised at that, that they're only favoured by three on the road. Um, yeah, it, this is totally dead. I think it would have come down to Aaron Rodgers just saying that I want to play rather than not. I don't don't think he would show very good leadership if he just sort of bowed out and like kind of just take the reins, even if it isn't a meaningless game. Yeah. I think he's going to be in there. And I think this is just how they're going to win. They've got Aaron Rodgers, they've got Devante Adams, so therefore they'll win. I think it's as simple as that. I don't think the Jets can really cope with, with players of those that calibre. Um, even, you know, because they've got nothing on the line either. They're not going to be really up for it, most likely. I know mm-hmm. people say that I'll pride on the line and things like that, but it must be quite hard to motivate yourself if, you know, you've got absolutely nothing riding on it. No, but the one the one thing I will say is Robbie Anderson connection with Sam Donald's been decent over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, coming into the season, in the first couple of weeks we were talking about you know it's the Quincy Inouye show getting double digit targets week on week, but now that and I, I think I did mention I'll have to go back and see um, see what I said, but I did say that why. We did we did talk about dropping Robbie Anderson to waivers, I think, and I did say that um, you know it may take Sam Darnold just a bit of time to get used to throwing downfield, get used to someone like Robbie Anderson, and that's kind of that's kind of happened, doesn't it? Uh, Robbie Anderson is, is obviously been aided by Quincy Nunez's uh, struggles with his health and getting getting on the field, but Robbie Anderson seems to be to be thriving of late. Yeah, he has. He's done well in the last few weeks. Yeah, it's a good shout. Maybe it just took a little bit um, longer to 
build that connection or build that chemistry up with, mm. you know, a, a receiver who's going to be running routes and, you know, making Sam Donald make throws at a higher difficulty, whereas Quincy Numbers is a bit of a underneath guy and mm. sort of your short receiver yeah. who's going to have high percentage throws. So, yeah, maybe found that a little more comfortable to begin with. Yeah, and I'd say Robbie Anderson is a guy out there for fantasy who probably be on the waiver wires. Uh, so if you are a Keenan Allen owner and you're sweating on that, maybe uh, Robbie Anderson could be a could be a high ceiling play there for you to maybe save your save your team. Talking about saving teams, Philadelphia Nick Foles is the savior there over in uh, over for the Eagles. They host the Houston Texans in one of the games of the Sunday slate. Another game with huge playoff implications. Houston obviously now want to keep the number two seed after somehow getting it uh, after their own three start. And Philadelphia are uh, on the outside looking in, as it were, for the wild cards. The key to this one is the the Philadelphia defensive line against that porous Houston offensive line. Deshaun Watson is sacked on average about, around about three and a half times per game. Uh, and that, that Philadelphia defensive line is is is, is pretty decent to, to say the least. And also Philadelphia now really have become underdogs again. So that's how they kind of like to play. And that was the premise of, of their 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 drive towards the Super Bowl last season. And eventually, what what kind of was their motivation to to, to lift the Vince Lombardi Trophy? But yeah, should be should be actually a really good game. This one, the Eagles only favoured by one uh, one point favourites in the over under forty six. Uh, be quite interesting to see what what Houston can do. Yeah, definitely. I think that under over could be could be challenged, you know. You know, it's a bit on the low side for me. Yeah. Houston points obviously with Nuke and uh Deshaun Watson, if as long as like say, as long as he's not on the ground the whole time. Mm. And uh, you know, Foles is gonna be out there playing for a job, maybe not in Philadelphia, but um, you know, elsewhere next season. Mm. And he, he does like to throw a few YOLO balls out there. So if he if he gets a bit of success on that, I think uh, yeah, could be running up a score in what could be a really good game. Mm. Yeah, obviously the, the the weakness of the Philadelphia Eagles has been the depth at the corner. So you know, it should be a really good game for Nuke Hopkins. If you've got him in your team, you should you should be at least expecting fifteen twenty points there. Um, so yeah, should be should be good on the Philadelphia side. Alshon Jeffrey came to play last week against the Rams, so maybe expect Nick Foles uh, to throw to him again. Uh, bit worrying there for Zach Ertz owners obviously he wasn't really much targeted I know he had a few targets which ended either in penalties or or good defense but it'd be interesting to see for the, for the second week uh, whether or not he targets Zach Ertz maybe as much as, as Carson Wentz does but it's interesting that they haven't put Carson Wentz on IR they're keeping there in the back pocket maybe I don't know if it just in case maybe or um yeah it's a bit of a weird one that because obviously the fracture in the back is, is a bit worrying and you want to you want to preserve the the life of, of Carson Wentz in terms of production and an NFL quarterback in so yeah a bit of a bit of an interesting decision there for me I don't know if you got any opinions on that yeah it is a bit of a weird one obviously a back fracture does sound you know quite scary um, apparently it doesn't need surgery yeah we were still like, wrapping up in Cotton Wall preserving and the likelihood is the Eagles aren't going to make the postseason so he's playing for next year put him on IR put him you know, in a bed somewhere, getting resting up, doing rehab, things like that. You don't really want it on the field. That Nick Foles just played the last couple of games, and just like I said, mm. just let him fight for his job and see where he ends up and see where the Eagles end up. Yeah, yeah. And the, the following two teams are ending up on the scrap heap for 2018. That's Atlanta at Carolina NFC South Clash. Going into the season, this one looked like a, a cracking game for Week 16. Would, would have had playoff implications, but far from it, Lee. Yeah, far from it indeed. Um, yeah, they sort of run that Carolina have got towards the well to finish the season with Saints fourth and Saints. Yeah, it was all geared up for a grand time finish, wasn't it? Maybe in the the NFC South, but it just not turned out that way for anyone involved in this game. Anyway, the Saints having the sort of the lion's share of that division and the best of both of these teams really. 
Uh, for this one, I think it's no 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 Cam Newton, no win. Uh, no Cam Newton has been great recently. He's definitely been bothered by that shoulder injury. Injury, um, but I don't even know what a Taylor Heineke is to be honest. <laughs> uh, um, five passes in four seasons or something like that. So complete mystery. Complete mystery to most fans. I actually had to look up who um, Cam Newton's backup was. I wasn't sure if it was still Derek Anderson. To be completely honest with you. Mm. Um, so yeah, I must be like I say the most interesting thing I found found out about him is he actually was born in Atlanta. Mm. So uh, yeah, quite a bit of a maybe you know family revenge game kind of going on. Um, so with that QB situation, I'd expect Christian McCaffrey to have forty catches, twenty rushes, ten passes, something like that. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, and it would be all about him. But you know, as we said, right towards the sort of back towards the early reaches of the season, Atlanta struggled all season with the pass catching running backs. Um, but it seems like they've only got to defend one guy, and Deion Jones is back. I think Atlanta are going to take this one. Yeah, and I'm just reading here as well where it, Panthers have put uh, linebacker Shaq Thompson on IR as well. So. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Certainly, you expect Atlanta to take that one, but I don't really think there'll be too many, uh, too many points in that one. The over under on that one is forty three and a half. Falcons three point favourites. Um, yeah, should be probably be a low score of that one. So, any of you DJ DJ Moore owners out there, probably temper expectations with him. Christian McCaffrey should be fine. He's match up proof. He's bulletproof. Has been all season. Uh, Atlanta side of the ball. Yeah, you could probably start. Uh, Tevin Coleman had a good game last week. Maybe won't uh, reach those heights. Um, judging by how well the Panthers played Mark Ingram and Avin Kamara, though Kamara did get into the end zone, uh, but Atlanta, Matt Ryan uh, and Co. should be okay. Helio Jones, I think, didn't practice uh, throughout the week, but he's been a bit like that all season, so don't worry too much about him. If he doesn't practice on Friday, maybe start to worry a tiny bit. Um, talking about worrying, Arizona's offense should be worrying when they host the LA Rams. Because the perfect tonic for the Rams defense is the Arizona offense, who are 32nd in passing, 32nd in rushing, 32nd in points scored. There's a theme here. And 32nd in first downs as well. Truly, truly the epitome of putrid. Uh, Todd Gurley owners uh, will be praying that he plays. And he probably will because Chicago only one game back now, breathing down the necks. And of course, they have the head to head. And Jared Goff, um, despite yeah, Arizona's defense is, is pretty decent, but Jared Goff. Uh, just a, a smidgen over 700 yards away from a 5,000 yard season which uh, after last week's performance is looking unlikely to accomplish now uh, but good seasons nonetheless for Brandon Cooks and Robert Woods who are separated by one yard receiving uh, Cooks with 1,107 1, Woods with 1,106 so that's obviously been shows what they've done over the season have been a high, sco- high scoring offence uh, but last couple of weeks have struggled a little bit but it should be more than enough to get back on track here away in Arizona Lee Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's, like you say, it's the only one-way traffic this is going to go is to, you know towards the Arizona end zone, I'd say. Mm. Um, I'm just looking at Jared Goff's stats, doing a quick Google. He's on 4,273. Yep. I mean, against this event, he could reach 5,000 in this game, I'd say. <laughs> um, I'm joking, it's not quite that bad. But yeah, he could, he could still leave the door ajar. He could quite easily go for four, maybe even touch five, towards 500 yards in this. Um, yeah. Arizona... I say just putrid, um, by far the worst team in the league. And uh, yeah, I think, I think Todd Gurley will play, and uh, I think they'll run for big score in this one. Mm. 
Yeah, and the other thing to touch on before we move on to Chicago, uh, San Francisco, Larry Fitzgerald said he's unsure whether or not this will be his last home game for Arizona Cardinals, who's not had the greatest season, 59 receptions, 645 yards, and the five touchdowns as well. So it'd be interesting to see what he kind of, he might be the break, similar to Brady, where he'll go away for a little bit and have a little think. But I don't think he'll be wanting, wanting to come back into this offense uh, next season, but it's, it's probably the end of Steve Kimes uh, and Steve Wilkes anyway, so... Um, yeah, who knows? Remains to be seen. I, I do you think he comes back next season, Lee? Uh, no, I don't think he does. I think he could walk up into the sunset after this season. Um, I don't think he want to play for anyone else apart from the Cards. And obviously, after the season that he's just had, I, I, what's the motivation to come back? He's obviously not going to get a ring. And, you know, you could just sort of walk off and sort of say, I've done enough this organisation. Mm. And it's a bit too much for me to try and resurrect it. Yeah. Yeah, Cardinals 14-point underdogs. Didn't don't think I'd said that, but 14-point underdogs under over here is 44 and a half. Uh, moving on to uh, staying in the AF, uh, NFC West, rather. San Francisco host the Chicago Bears. Chicago are four-point favourites in this one over under is 43. Chicago will be looking to to keep the pressure on the Rams. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, and speaking of pressure, I think one guy is going to be under pressure is Nick Mullins in this one. Um, I think Chicago should win, and I've just got a funny feeling, you know, that I think Nick Mullen's going to have a Nate Peatman-style meltdown in this game. Ooh. I guess he's um, obviously going to put him under a lot of pressure. They're in playoff form already. 49ers aren't good. I think Mack and Leonard Floyd could be teeing off on the edges. They've got uh, Amos and um, Jackson, the backfield, um, just shutting everything down. Um, I think it's actually a really good match actually, between Kyle Shanahan and Vic Fangio, but I think Vic Fangio in the... You know, the D of Chicago will get this and uh, get on top quite early. Um, it could be quite an interesting battle, though, if it doesn't turn out like that. Um, again, San Francisco shouldn't win, but we said that last position, yeah, last season. Uh, sorry, last week. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, uh, you know, and they shouldn't try and ruin their draft position. But then again, we did say so, we did that so last week, and they went out and won mm. in that matchup. But yeah, I think Sam, uh, Chicago should take this quite easily. Um, and I'm looking for, like I say, pretty hefty pounding. Mm. So if uh, Nick Mullins does decide to have a Nathan Peterman type of performance, hopefully John Gruden will be watching and Oakland can sign him maybe next season. Yeah, we could have that battle. Uh, Camp battle <laughs> Mullins versus Peterman. Carr could be traded out and they can battle out QB1 and Oakland. Yeah. That'd be nice. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, cracker this one coming up Pittsburgh at New Orleans Pittsburgh taking a hell of a lot of pressure off them lot with last week's win at home there to New England New Orleans can clinch the number one seed and home foot advantage throughout the playoffs with a win or of course with the Los Angeles Rams loss but that's highly unlikely uh, Pittsburgh yeah like I say the, the win last week's taken a lot of pressure off them Baltimore could lose on Saturday as well against the Chargers so you know they could be a lot more straightforward and a lot more um, less pressure going into the game with this one with the Baltimore loss. Uh, I think James Connors just ruled himself out for this one. He, he was doubtful, but I remember seeing he's saying that he's not ready yet. Um, so mm-hmm. Jalen Samuels should get another another go at the uh, keys to the car. But New Orleans tend to be pretty decent against opposing running backs, so don't maybe don't expect the heights uh, of of last week, especially if Pittsburgh don't need to win the game. So it'd be interesting to see kind of what dynamic. Uh, that comes into this game with, with the, on the back of the uh, Baltimore result. But Michael Thomas, I uh, just wanted to, to mention him. He's not had the greatest of last couple of weeks. Um, yeah, he, We all know what he can do. We know, all know the connection he has with Drew Brees. But yeah, the last couple of weeks, not been not been too much to, to write home about. Let me just read out a couple of his, his last couple of weeks. So last week, 49 yards. The week before, 98 yards. The week before that, 14 and 38. All, you know, four weeks without a touchdown, which would scare many... Uh, 
many fantasy owners going into their championship week, but should be okay. Should be should be getting back on track on this one though. He will have to uh, fend off Joe Hayden. Yeah, probably. And Joe Hayden doesn't travel with receivers either. And then obviously you you coming up against maybe Artie Burns or Cody Sensport. So if you can get him matched up against either of those two guys, he should be able to uh, you know have his way with them really because. Um, you know, Joe Hayden's not like you know, not what he was either, so no. he's not as though he's sort of locking down one side of the field. No. Uh, yeah, I expect um, yeah, I expect him to have a good game and bounce back, and maybe win a few people's championships for them. Yeah, yeah, I certainly expect so too. Satan's got four weeks, but I'd, I'd probably expect him to get into the end zone uh, there on Sunday. Uh, Sunday night football, I think this is Kansas City at Seattle. Um, should be another cracker, and I say the pressure could or might could or might not be on the Kansas City going into this one, depending on what happens in Saturday night football. I love it. I love this time of the season where uh, matches mean have implications on others. But yeah, you'll be you'll be a Seattle fan, won't you? You'll be a twelfth man. Absolutely. By this by this time, uh, by the time this is kicking off, I'll definitely be a Seattle fan. Probably either way, to be honest. Um, yeah, um, I think it could be a great game, as you've said. Uh, the best game on the on the Sunday Sunday slate of all the games I would say not even just the late slate and you know Patrick Mahomes in the Kansas offense on one side Seattle in the D and the feisty Century Inc. field crowd on the other it's uh, yeah it's one to whet the appetite isn't it mm. I think it's going to be a pretty tough game for Kansas City who you know by the time like we said by the time this kicks off might be in the fifth speed spot mm. and then the pressure will really be on yeah. um, in terms of the perform you know, in a hostile environment and do the sort of things that the Chargers have done and go into these hostile environments and fall out the win. Um, Seattle probably need this, you know, to guarantee a playoff place as well. So it's not as though they'll be sat up with their pipe and slippers either waiting for the postseason start or waiting for the next season. Yeah. They'll be they'll be looking for this scalp in front of the twelves in the last game before the preseason in Seattle. And Pete Carroll's gonna have his team up for this game no matter what. You know, even if they were dead, he would have he would have them up for this, no, no doubt. Yeah. Um, I do feel like Kansas City will win this just about. Though. I think it'll be a close game. Mm. Definitely worth staying up for. Um, you know, for anyone who's got a Christmas Eve off. Yeah. Work. Yeah, that would be me. Kansas City Chiefs, uh, two and a half point favourites in this one, so they're begging you to take the Chiefs really uh, on the bet in there. But I, th- I think it probably helps you as a Chargers fan that they did lose last week Seattle because gives them a bit more focus, the back at home now, and gives them more of an incentive to win to, to lock up that 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 fifth seed. So, um, bit of, bit 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 of stuff in your favour there. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, yeah, actually, you know, from that point of view, I'm quite glad that Seattle dropped that one, and they kind of need this one. If they clinched last week, maybe they would have taken the foot off the gas a little bit. Like I said, I do think Pico would have had them up for it anyway, so it's kind of got that in their corner. Yeah. But it's different, different kind of, you know, the play, some players might still buy into it, some players might not, but I think everyone will be on side and wanting to beat Kansas City in this one. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, moving on to our final game. So, so for those of you trying to catch Santa coming down your chimney, uh, you can w- do that by watching the Denver Broncos at the Oakland Raiders in what is essentially a dead rubber to unwrap at Christmas time. Uh, like I say, a bit earlier on, Nathan Peterson signed with the Oakland Raiders because John Gruden, for some reason, thought he was the most pro, pro-ready pro QB uh, in, in his draft class, which uh, is just laughable, really. Um, but yeah, they, maybe they've got Nick Mullins to look forward to in the next couple of weeks, uh, from, from judging by Lee's comments. Uh, but yeah, I'm not going to stay up for this one. Uh, it's not. It's, it's an AFC West clash, but nothing whatsoever is uh, is riding on it. Oakland are three point underdogs over under his 43, and it could have been so. Uh, that Oakland could have been there for the taking for Denver if they uh, had, had performed better in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, could have been, um, but it's not going to be. 
<laughs> yeah, like you were saying earlier, someone's trying to catch Santa coming down. I think this might put them to sleep yeah. before Santa arrives. Yes, I don't think they're not holding down too much hope if they've got this to try and keep them up. But yeah, like I said, I'd rub a bit of a bad one by the scheduling uh, to put this one on uh, in a primetime game. Uh, like I say, I certainly won't be staying up for it. I think I might still be out on the Christmas Eve. No, no, absolutely. Um, and with that, I suppose, and so it's a shame it's a bit of a, a bad way to end it, but that's going to that's yeah. finish us off, isn't it, for, for week 16. So, yeah, that, that kind of runs all over. Uh, no, no, the tips and the tips will be on the podcast tomorrow, but a little of a bit of a extra podcast there for you. And we also have, we're going to be talking to Roger Goodgroves as well about all the officiating. Uh, will be a really good segment. But, uh, Lee, I suppose this will probably be. Uh, the, the last time we speak, not face to face, but uh, over voice to voice, if you like, uh, before, before before Christmas. So I, I wish you a very merry Christmas, and I hope Santa gives you everything that you want. Yeah, definitely. Two two, my friend. Um, yeah, uh, Chargers playoff appearance also in the bag, so got a wish for that Christmas, which is quite nice. Yeah, uh, but going through the show, I just thought of uh, you know just thinking back to our January uh, sort of competition throughout the playoff. Um, I think you and I should do that. And then you know the fourth could be at the end of it for whoever does the best. What do you reckon? Yeah, I'm all up for that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, all up for that. Yeah, love a love a bracket. Yeah, especially when I'm yeah. putting, putting, putting a TV up on the wall. <laughs> yeah, that's terrible. <laughs> that's terrible. Um, yeah, so yeah, all, so hopefully Santa can bring uh, the Chargers maybe a, a three a three seed or a four seed or whatever whatever it is. They I know they'd be a one seed, wouldn't they? It's a one or a five. Yeah, course. yeah, one or a five. So maybe he can bring you a number one seat. That would be that would be good for for my anti post bet as well. Yeah, lovely. Yeah, definitely worth both of us, wouldn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, that's going to wrap it up for today's episode. Don't forget to come back tomorrow for that extra bonus rep- episode that you can unwrap special gift from us to you. But in the meantime, have a, if we don't uh, if we don't speak to you beforehand, have a lovely Christmas to all the listeners out there. And I say, don't forget our competitions that will be coming thick and fast over the next couple of months. Uh, we'll speak to you uh, after Christmas. But in the meantime, from there, it's goodbye from Lee. Yep, goodbye everyone. Have a good Christmas. Have a good New Year to all the listeners as well. Um, obviously, we'll speak to before then, but they go hand in hand, don't they? I hope everyone gets what they want for Christmas as well. Have a good one. Absolutely, and it's goodbye from me as well. Good luck to all you people out there fighting for those championships in Week 16 for fantasy football. We'll speak to you soon. So in the great words of Kevin Cadle, it's bye-bye for now. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Full 10 Yards Podcast. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter at Full 10 Yards or email the show full10yards at gmail.com.